Hi, I'm Emma and I'm an 11-time world champion paracanoist. And I am Ruth. I am a leadership and personal development specialist. And welcome to Fast and Curious. Over the next year, we will be tracking my training plan as I prepare for the Paris Paralympic Games, which are later this year. Yes, not even talking about next year now, we're on this year. And uh, and my job is to find the links between business and sports as we try and connect the boat with the boardroom. So what we're doing is every month we're combining, looking at Emma's sporting achievements with Ruth's leadership expertise to bring you advice, motivation, and hopefully some laughs along the way to help you become fast and curious. Well, welcome to episode five of Fast and Curious, a journey of self-discovery and development to improve your performance in business, in sport or in life. Well, Ruth, crikey, it's finally 2024, uh, the year of the Paris Paralympic Games. And the Olympic Games, obviously, as a warm-up before. Yeah, um, but this is our first episode of 2024. So I guess, with along with many people that are listening, uh, the new year signals a chance to reassess and reevaluate where we are and, I guess, where we would want to go. So today, we're going to be discussing and looking at the importance of, of celebrating successes and, and about finding opportunities for small wins um, along our journey towards our final goal, because sometimes it can seem quite... A long way away. So, Ruth, my friend, Happy New Year! How have you been? And uh, any small, small wins so far? Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Um, I have not been very well, actually, the whole of this blinking year so far, because everybody's got this weird coldy type thing going on. But I'm just trying to push through it. Um, so, if I sound a little bit nasal, apologies to anybody listening to this. But um, small wins so far. Yes. Now, I, I absolutely love a small win and I'm not just talking about a one nil here for Bolton Wanderers along the way although you know all those points but you take you would take that because it doesn't happen very often hey listen I'll take an own goal in 90 plus 10 or however many minutes you now have to play but um <laughs> take anything for the points but but yeah but actually I can I just say on the Bolton Wanderers from a marvelous uh festive period and, and well done everybody down there anyway now but I love a small win because um, I, as we've talked about before, I think you and I are quite keen on the odd plan. We like plans, don't we? What I love, yeah. fresh start in January with my uh, admin and getting all those little things done that you think, right, we've all had Christmas, we've all had New Year's celebrations. Great, great, great. But now let's start afresh. And I think if you look at the number of little things that have to happen, to get your sort of life admin, never mind your work or your, you know, whatever else, um, there is a huge amount. And so I have been really enjoying ticking off little things on my list because, as we will talk about later, they make me feel um, like I'm getting somewhere. And also, um, just because I can't just have you doing this Paralympic thing in September and taking all the glory and all the sort of gold medals. I've signed up. I've signed up in a more, probably a little bit on the drunk side over Christmas to do a half marathon also at the beginning of September so we can coincide our training experiences. And I, in all seriousness, Emma, I do realize that my efforts to run 13 miles and nothing compared to what you have to do but that's not anyway. no that's not true and we need to we need to banish that thought immediately and that sounds, <laughs> yeah, but, because you know, everyone, 
Yeah, no, but, but we talk about this, don't we? Everyone's goals are different and there's no less value to yours. You know, in, in, let's be honest, mine's hopefully going to last under 60 seconds and yours is probably going to take a bit longer than that. So yours is going to involve a lot more sweat and um, sweat and effort well, on the day. day. So day, that's, yeah. that's really exciting. It is. And I think, you know, but it's, I think that's, that's been kind of my start to the year really has been a real sort of wanting to get things in place, underway, get all those little small wins uh, going. But if we think about that, that's my start to the year. Now you have had, uh, obviously this is your Olympic year. Challenges with the weather, I think is the understatement of the year, isn't it? Do you want to just tell our listeners what that's been like? Because I think, you know, let's be realistic here. The kind of weather you've had where you do your training is is quite exceptional and can't go on for another few weeks or else that would scupper things I presume yeah I think yeah I think it's really important to to know I'm sure people have seen it in the news across across the weeks in January the floods uh, particularly in in the Midlands so around Nottingham um, but it's important to recognize that you know my home hasn't been flooded people's homes have been flooded and, and people's livelihoods have been have been damaged so I'm not wanting to to moan too much about us, but it absolutely is an impact for us as well. You know, this is our office. The office happens to be a, a 2000 meter lake, um, but we were hit really badly. So I've, I've known the lake flood here um, probably two, three, four times, maybe in my whole 11 year career so far. Yeah. Um, this flood was exceptional. Um, on, on one of the days we were on the water, the river uh, breached the, the, the lake um, bank and um, it actually went up about two feet in the hour that we were doing our session. So when you think about the size of a 2,000 meter lake, that's yeah. a tremendous amount of water that is coming in, um, you know, along with all sorts of other bits and bobs with it. So it has been a, a real challenge for us. We then couldn't get off the lake at the point where we had got on. Um, so luckily our staff rally round and build new temporary jetties to try and get us off the lake you know it's it's yeah. hard enough for, for some of the able-bodied olympic paddlers but when you throw in a wheelchair and a and an amputee um getting on and off off using a pallet off a gravel bank is probably not quite as as world class as we as we're used to so yeah absolutely challenging and i think a really good reminder to to keep an eye on the big picture um you know it, it i much like you came back at the beginning of january really keen to to crack on and make every session count. And we were hit with the floods quite early on in January. And I think that could have derailed me completely. And I could have thought, well, this is, you know, this is not what I wanted it to be. And therefore it's a disaster. But there's there's a real skill, I think, in in keeping an eye on the big picture, which obviously is Paris and the selection race that's going to happen uh, in June. Um, and actually, will a week of adapted training impact that bigger picture? Probably not. We need to make sure that we keep control of that and look for those small wins. Um, so, for example, today the the small win was we you know we were on the lake. Um, the, the the things that your brain could have gone to were that it was about minus four. Um, it was wavy. The water is still really kind of full of debris and and really thick with with de with sl uh, sludge and and mud. Um, and it was a miserable place to be a canoeist. Now I could have uh, focused on all, all of that, but the small win was we were on the water. Yeah. So if I yeah. go to bed tonight, able to say, you know, we got on the water and I got the session done to the best of my ability, then then that's a really positive, positive step forward. 
about the the point you make about you know letting your mind focus on one thing rather than another you know you can let we're, we're all in control of what we can what we can focus on and that that thing of look let's just be grateful we're on the lake we've got on the water yeah. it's not ideal conditions not ideal but we're on there and that's part of what we're doing and that's yeah. in service of this bigger picture and i think there are so and- many parallels with you know the fact that you're the external forces, you can't do anything about the weather, sadly, um, but it's happening. And, um, of course, you know, in a much wider picture, it's happening to to the world at the moment. But you can you can at least think, all right, how do I – and you mentioned adapted training routines. So you've got yeah. a plan in place for other ways to train if you can't get on the water. Um, but, you know, in leadership terms – organizations are dealing with external things that they don't predict and that happen and that you know nobody can really um have known about but what they can do is to be able to react and to have a plan and to notice when the warning signs are there that things are starting to change and being ready to uh pivot in a way quickly um for whatever whatever is presented so it's yet again you know we see a lot of similarities here between what you're having yeah. to deal with and, and the way you're mitigating for that and managing for it and, and, and the it's world. so interesting isn't it so I think one of my coaches said to me um you know I was I think I was starting to have a moan about the fact we couldn't get on the water in one of these one of these weeks and he said but look the purpose of this session was um you know sub race pace um, development so looking at trying to build our our physical capabilities at certain yeah level of exertion so he said well we can do that on an ergo we can do that inside we can do so when it links back to that that first episode we did around purpose when if you know when you're facing change or challenge or something that's come you know left of field and slapped you around the face go back to your purpose so my purpose is of course to complete all my training sessions as I've planned but we've been dealt a completely different hand of cards and actually, yeah. uh, there's been many points in my life where you've you've had a different hand of cards dealt. You've then got to react and and pivot. Yeah. And I think that's where hopefully we can find some some small wins to help us get back on track. Yeah. Um, what you know in your in your world, what's what is the balance between obsessing obsessing about the end goal and looking for small wins? Well, I, I you know obviously I know it was a phrase, but obsessing about anything isn't uh, isn't a good idea. I know I obsess about Bolton Wanderers, but we've really you know got to move on from that. Um, I think I think it's a very important question. This because you're what you've done is you've just talked about um, being reminded by your coach about the bigger picture. You know, the bigger picture is is that you're doing the training you need to do in service of the ultimate goal, you know, to win the win the gold medal. Um, and to do that, you've got things you can be doing, small wins, to get to that, to that uh, bigger picture. So they do both really matter. Uh, so I don't want to sound like a politician saying, oh, well, it's both, you know. But I think that is right, actually, that it's the combination of the two sitting alongside each other um but if you think about it we're often and i know i've said this in previous episodes and you know i know every every, i mean it's amazing to me how what we talk about so often comes back to purpose but yeah often we're not 
really working towards a purpose we're just doing things for the you know that's in our job or that's in our responsibilities that's what somebody's asked us to do so we we i think we suffer then when we're not clear about the why why are we doing this you know and why is it that uh overall we're moving towards a certain goal so i think the whole question of the bigger picture matters but if you only do that you can get overwhelmed you know if you said oh, I want to, you know, I don't know, lose three stone or I want to run a marathon or something like that. I mean, I mentioned earlier about this blinking half marathon that I've somehow signed myself up to. Um, <laughs> I, do you know what? Do you know what? This is a really funny thing, actually. And well, it's not that funny. I thought it was funny. I thought it was weird. I I signed up for it and thought, yeah, I've got loads of time. It's not till the 1st of September. There's loads of time. The night I signed up, I had a dream, right? <sighs> went to bed at night and I woke up in the morning and somebody I don't know who it was said right you've got to do that half marathon now and I was thinking well you know I could probably do about five or six miles if I I, I can I can run that I can't run 13 today because I only signed up yesterday so it was this whole dream was around the enormity of running 13 miles now if you just have the big picture of, oh, I'm going to do a half marathon and I'm, I'm going to have to run 13 miles, the overwhelm can be, you know, or, or the, the idea of it is, is large. And that's why I think small wins really matter. This is why I love them so much, because if you break things down, you don't deter yourself by thinking, oh, it's too big, it's too difficult. You know, you just think, well, OK, if I can run five miles for the next month, I'll just run five miles or I'll just run, you know, six miles or something like that. And you take these little steps. It becomes a lot more um, manageable. And I think, but in the, in the back of your mind, if you know why you're doing it, um, I mean, I know why I'm doing it. I want to stay, you know, reasonably healthy and fit. I want to enjoy being able to do, to do that. I want, I want, if I'm honest, I want some achievement from it. You know, I think it will be yeah. an enjoyable thing. I've done many before. I, I know I can do it, but I don't want to do it today. Um, no, no. I don't but mind. Almost that's part of the, the, the part of the, the things that you get out of it is the journey, isn't it, that, that you're exactly. going to be on in order to do it. Yeah. And this little feeling of, oh, wow, look at me. I'm on this plan. And I was at five miles. Now I'm at seven. Then I'm at nine. You know, and I'm feeling OK and I'm not, you know, Touch wood, getting injured, you know. But I'm, you know, and I'm managing my diet more, uh, sort of consciously. Um, all of those things. They, there's like a, a domino effect from that, isn't there? Of healthy habits. So yeah. I want, I want that, and that is my my bigger picture. But I know I can't just. I'm sure I could do it if I, you know, if my life depended on it. But I wouldn't enjoy it, and I and I wouldn't be very wouldn't be a great time if I had to do it today. But I can plan for it and, and build it into my life. So, so yeah, I think they're both important. Is a very long way of of uh, answering yeah. that. Well, no no spoilers, but I am going to set you a, a a very detailed training plan that will involve all sorts of well, markers, yeah. markers and small wins along the way. Exactly. Um, uh, there's some things you really need to help me with anyway now so can you talk though because you're the small wins and the way that yeah. that uh and and you know we'll come back to celebrating success because i you know that's the other 
topic we're talking about today, but on small wins, how does that kind of manifest itself in your training and in your the, the, the stage of the journey you're at at the moment? Yeah, really, really important. So I think so without wanting to bore everybody with uh, with the finer details, we we work towards something called what it takes to win. Um, and that's I think I've mentioned it before, but it's a it's a time that the coaching staff have worked out they believe would be good enough to win the gold medal in the next Paralympic Games. So for us, that's obviously Paris this year. Um, and once and that's for each of the disability classes. So it's a very detailed analysis and it's based on the last 10 years of world championship times and how they're seeing the sport progress. It involves some complicated spreadsheet, I believe. But effectively, this gives me a time um, that we know we if I could achieve that time would be good enough to, to win a gold medal. And obviously within that, there are lots of different variables um, so for me, that model is so fundamental to creating my small wins because yeah. that model is uh, the, the, the same outcome time for, for everybody that's my disability, um, yeah. but the way of achieving it is very different. So it gives me real clarity and real markers to work towards so that my training can be very, very detailed um, and also very uh, progressive, I guess, in terms of achieving the, the steps along the way. And I think for, for me and the way that my brain works, that's really, really important because it kind of moderates my tendency to, to always be dissatisfied with myself yeah. and with my progress. Um, I've got quite a strong perfectionist streak, which yeah. is uh, deeply unhelpful the majority <laughs> of the time. Um, I think there's elements of it that, that drive me on that, you know, that, that, that need to, to leave no stone unturned, I think is, is probably one of my assets, but actually a lot of it is quite unhelpful. So by, by using this model, we're able to set targets for the training block. So for example, before Christmas, I'm sure everyone was, was fed up of me saying it was a tough winter block full of hard work. Um, we're moving out of that now. We're moving into a block that is all about race components. So we will look at our 200 meters and we will break it down into, into different components. And then we will um, prescribe, deliver sessions that will work on those different bits. And, and the areas of development will differ depending on the athlete. You know, some athletes start really well. Some athletes finish strongly. Some athletes have a really great middle section. And the key is to look at what you deliver, what the what it takes to win model says you need to deliver and, and, and close that gap. So yeah. I think for me, it's quite an exciting block to move into. Um, it is, however, a block that has tripped me up in the past quite significantly from a kind of psychological perspective, um, because you can deliver some numbers in January that are so far away from what you're hoping to do in that race that matters. It yeah. can be a bit of a derailing moment. So yeah. there's there's a definite need for some realistic small wins some 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 context which we've already talked about uh, to allow me to to create some momentum and, and build the confidence and and real clarity towards that end that end goal um so i think it's it's about goal setting isn't it and i know that you've you've talked about working with adrian morehouse so for those of us that are of a certain age can remember adrian morehouse as a as a swimmer but he had a concept didn't he around was it activity-based goals yeah i mean just to be clear i have worked with him i've worked with somebody who has and we've talked about him a lot in our leadership work and he taught you know you can you can google a lot on on this on him as well it's very similar to what you've just been saying i mean basically he 
you know, the whole story is when he was a child, he wanted to be Olympic gold medalist and that was his dream. And, you know, you can either just have that dream and think, brilliant, yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it, if I, you know, won a gold medal in Olympic Games. Or you can set about trying to get it. And it was a it's a very similar thing where you break down, you know, you know what you're aiming for, you think about what the time would be, and then you break it down into these weekly sets. And I think from a leadership perspective, um, why it's it's so important is, you know, organizations have strategies, they have goals, they have things they're working on, they have projects. And often you hear people say, in fact, I was having a conversation today in London with somebody about this. The strategy is set and the very top people know what it is. And they're very clear about it. But lower down the organization, there's a little bit of uh, confusion or, you know, well, are we are we still doing that bit? Is that bit really what we're doing? And I think what the Adrian Morehouse and, the, and the, what it takes to win that you're describing says is in order to get to where we want to be, this is where this is how we're going to work on it. I was watching a video um, of Adrian talking about this recently, and he said, you know, you've got to do the work. And that's the bit I think that that really matters here is that we can all have grand dreams. I mean, I could dream about this half marathon and think, oh, I'd love, you know, a really great time. But I will not get that unless I actually put the practice and the process and the the miles in you know, and manage things like alcohol intake or food or whatever, you know, and it's, it's all part of a, of a, I mean, that's going to be difficult, but it's all part of a, a, a mindset, I think, which is in order to get to where we need to be, we need to break this down into what needs to happen. So Adrian, in Adrian Morehouse's case, you know, he would have a week where he would just focus on nutrition or just, or, I mean, I don't, I wasn't there with Adrian Morehouse at the time, but um, I think his experience, bear in mind, he won his gold medal in 88, it's a long time ago, was quite groundbreaking probably at the time. And now you're all, as athletes, you know, practicing this every every time. But yeah. it's it's important that that feeling of it's manageable if you say, we know that these are things to focus on, we're going to actually do the work. And another point that he made in this video I was watching, which was very important, was the importance of sharing those goals. Because, uh, and again, swimming, a bit like canoeing, you know, individual sport. But if you share the goals yeah, and you commit, you know, as we know from our little uh, club that we have going, you, you you can't wriggle out of things in the same way. So that's it's that accountability, isn't it? Yeah. It's that layer of accountability. Exactly. To... You can't say, well, I, I commit alongside my colleagues to do this thing. And then everybody else is going away and doing it. And you think, well, I'm just not going to bother. So there's there's something there about breaking it down, doing the work, as he calls it, and I think that's very important, but sharing that. Um, and it's that dedication and commitment to the process um, that makes that that bigger, difficult goal ultimately achievable. So yeah. I really appreciate what he's put in practice and, and, and the work that he and his organization have done on that but it's it's very similar to what you're saying um process and that uh, ability to have small wins it allows us to be really clear on the fact that you know what if we have days where where nothing is going right in terms of outcomes if we have still lived 
true to our values and delivered behaviors that were our intent intended behaviors then that is a win so we can still find a positive even in a day where the water's been horrendous and I haven't lifted very well in the gym and I've you know eaten something that I shouldn't have eaten if I can come back to the fact that actually my intent at the beginning of the day was this and I did intend to do this it just it just got a bit derailed along the way then then there's a positive to take as well so I think it's about yeah. seeing these small wins because it's it's I just feel we're, we're missing an opportunity to build some positivity, to build some momentum if we are constantly looking for what we could do better. So I, I think this has been a real shift for me in terms of. Yeah. And of finding you, said, these. you know, I think in, in organizational life, if you've got people who are perfectionists and they're very driven and they're very especially at the top, you know, if they're setting the pace. You know, we, we actually know that about pace setting leaders, it, you know, it can be very demoralizing for people around them. If you're always saying, you know, you need to do more, we need to do more. And, and you know, we could do even better. It's kind of like, oh, wow. Ultimately, quite exhausting for people to be in that space. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for somebody like you, who's a perfectionist and quite driven, managing that inner, oh, yeah, but, you know, that was good, but it's not quite as good as it could have been is going to make for a much healthier, more balanced, uh, reflective view of things, I think. Yeah, and in fact, that reminds me, Ruth, I got in trouble with Jem. Um, so for those listening, Jem is my wife. And it, over Christmas, I managed to get her in the garage gym to do to do a session. And um, I love doing sessions together. She's she's slightly less keen. Um, but I remember, you know, in the middle of this session, we were doing it. And I said, oh, brilliant. Well, now you can do this. And she said, "M." Let's just celebrate that I'm in the garage. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> you know, just, let's not always look for adding more. And she's really, she's really right. You know, let's not immediately look for more. Let's just celebrate that I'm in the garage with you. Yeah. Doing a session and that I've got a session done. It doesn't have to always be more. And I thought yeah. it was quite interesting. She's a good girl. I mean, that is that is such an important lesson. And, and we're all, you know. I think there are so many driven leaders out there who are always looking for more. I and mean, I'll come back to that a little bit later on. But can we also in this episode, we're supposed to be talking about celebrating success. Now, one of the things that I'm slightly always curious about, ooh, fast and curious, curious about with you with the uh, with the fact you're in a team. But, you know, really, on September, the whatever it is, that's you in that boat. It's an individual uh, medal you'll get, she says confidently. But what, how do you celebrate when not, you know, you're the only person in the boat? How does that work? It's it's a really tricky balance. You know, I think it's something that has been really interesting to me as well to think, you know, for me, the team is so important. The team is probably the reason that I'm able to do some of the things that I do. And yet, it is an individual sport. So there is a really tricky balance to have because, you know, in, in under six months, we're going to line up against each other um, for the final set of races in the selection process, um, having have, having had to support each other and use each other throughout yeah. the gruesome training year. It's then going to be lining up against each other for that, for that spot for Paris. And, you know, it's nail biting. And I think it's probably a bit a bit daunting that, you know, most of the races will be under 50 seconds, hopefully, and that decides your future. So, you know, we've all got the same end goal, um, but it's whether whether we're going to actually achieve that end goal and go on to to working for another 12 weeks into the Paris Games or whether we have to shift the focus to, to do something different. And I think, you know, for us as a team, that's been something that has 
potentially uh, been an area of development for us over the last two cycles. You know, you build a sense of togetherness in in a cycle. You know, it's four years or five years in the Tokyo sense uh, where you are here, you know, six days a week, 49 weeks of the year. You, you're here and with people more than you are at home and you need each other in that. But actually you are then, you know, the only person that can destroy the other person's dreams. So I think it's been really important for us to recognize that we could celebrate success better. Um, you know, there are, there are going to be disappointed people on the day in June when the, when the final team gets announced and those people have, have been really important along the way. So if we are failing to recognize that along the way, then we can't possibly expect them to, to feel part of what we're going to go, hopefully go on and achieve those people that end up going. So I think it's become really evident that we need to recognize people's efforts along the way, people's behaviors that are in line with our culture and our values um, and kind of find regular touch points to, to celebrate that. So we, in the Tokyo cycle as a squad, we worked on on really trying to recognize things that people have done. And we had something called Project Nine, which was this canvas and you could nominate people that you had seen, you know, living by what we had agreed by working hard or helping other people and then you got to sign the canvas and it sounds probably quite a small thing but you you know it was amazing the the kind of um the undertone of thinking like I want to sign I want to sign that canvas and when it was announced right we've got some nominations you're thinking like okay well maybe maybe I've done something that someone's recognized and and that that moment of signing that canvas and and this canvas ended up with Oh, covered, covered in signatures. I should count them one day. But it was a really important way of recognizing people's contribution and people's um, success along the way. Because ultimately, in sport and in business, it's it's brutal times. You know, in job interviews, one person gets the job, plenty of people don't get the job. It's cutthroat, and and there's there's real value to be added um if we can do this along the way and, and we're doing it now in the in the Paris cycle so rather than a canvas we're we're actually signing a paddle so um oh. and I, I don't want to brag but I got awarded the paddle in December okay um, so, you, had to put so you know it, it was a really nice moment to think wow someone's actually taken the time to to notice what I've done and what and, was the thing know, they, were, they were saying you don't you don't put your um it was so the way that it works in this cycle is the person that won it the month before nominates someone for the following month. So right. it was my teammate, Jeanette, and she wanted to recognize the fact that I go, um, in her words, above and beyond to reach out to people that aren't necessarily on site all the time to try and, right. you know, just link in and, and yeah. help people along the way. So that that means a lot to to have yeah. someone that you really hold in high esteem nominate you for that yeah. and, and adding value is one of my key values so it's been an important process I think for me personally but also us as a squad to to recognize people's successes and, and take a moment to celebrate it and I think it's you know I think some of us probably poo-pooed it at the start but it actually became a really important important thing that we were doing so yeah, yeah nice a nice step for, for morale for energy um and I think, you know, I think it's possible to do this in in life and in business as well as as well as sport. You know, I see my siblings as parents celebrating, you know, their children rather than just the outcomes. It might be about, you know, the effort that they put in on the football pitch or the hockey pitch or yeah. or whatever. But, I, you know, how, how have you seen success celebrated in, in the business world? Well, I mean, 
you know what you're talking about there the sort of effort is is of course the epitome of the growth mindset you know it's not about the the actual outcome it's the it's the work that goes in again we're back in this space of doing the work aren't we and the you know the the constant trying of things and, and celebrating that with people um i mean celebrating success in business i think it gets celebrated from time to time i think i've seen i've seen some of that but i i think what i see more and maybe it's because my work tends to be you know at the senior end really is some leaders i know who really go out of their way to recognize and applaud a good habit you know and and i you know i think people's efforts the discretionary effort that they can make is absolutely affected by the extent to which they feel appreciated for it or not yeah you know and and it's and again you know it doesn't take much just to say to somebody you know thank you for that or i you know i really appreciate what you did there and and you know and and, and doing that so that other people can see that that is something that you want to have across the board but you know what i what i mentioned it earlier about this thing of oh can we do more you know this relentless pursuit of growth yeah every organization i work with oh we have to grow you know we're growing uh we want to see this level of growth and you know that 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 is of course it's important to be moving forward but i do think again it has to be combined alongside look at what we're doing now look at what's great you know we're in the garage to use let's just celebrate the fact we're in the garage together Emma, for God's sake. um you know that's that's also important and i think it's those little again back in small wins those little words and and you know conversations that cost nothing and can have a massive difference yeah i think it's so important isn't it and i just feel like you know, obviously, as a team, our aim is to go and win as many medals as possible in Paris. But I think for me, having seen how we've operated and how we've learned and, and kind of developed this this better culture over the last couple of cycles, I would be really, really happy if we go to those games, the people that end up going, everybody that hasn't gone feels a part of that success, feels yeah. a real, feels really strongly alongside their disappointment at not being there that they have added to that success and i feel like if we could ch achieve that as a team we will get this unimaginable um, immeasurable um boost that will make us stronger for, for for years to come in terms of sustained success because yeah. it you know there's only so many people that can win medals but if everyone feels that they've played a part that's only going to strengthen what we can do going forward so i think it's i think you know it's so important to find ways to to celebrate success in a meaningful way, not in a yeah. not in a kind of uh, disingenuous way, yeah. um, but also to to just be really clear on on what the small wins are along the way. And I guess that takes us on to our top tips for today, yes. Ruth. Right now, I can only do three, even though I, I've got. One. I know I limit I limit you to three because there's so much you can say. I know. I, I, honestly, it's such an important thing. All this, the small wins, because this is the stuff of life. Anyway. Point number one, one of the things we know is that humans love progress, right? Teresa Amibale and Stephen Kramer wrote this great book called The Progress Principle. They did some work where they asked people, what is it that made today a good day at work or a bad day at work? Or, you know, how was your day? And people had to, I think 12,000 people or something had to 
record what it was. And the ones who had a good day had made progress. So as opposed to a setback, which made it a bad day. And we all know that feeling, don't we, of, of progress or setback. So I think from a leadership point of view, be really clear about what it is that you want people to be doing. So uh, how do you break down the, the bigger objectives into manageable chunks and then give people the resources and the time and the guidance and the help to actually make that progress? Um, even more uh, important, I suppose, or not even more, but as a leader, if you're also tapping into what people are interested in, it's like a double whammy because we know that people get motivated by things they're interested in. I mean, I am very interested in this concept of small wins, right? And, and in thinking about getting ready for this session, I was just the other morning, you know, I was just reading and reading more stuff and reading. And I was like, oh my God, I'm losing my day here. I'm so, and that, that is what we call intrinsic motivation. I'm actually interested in the topic. And if you think about leadership, you can have people feeling intrinsically motivated where they care and they like something, they, it means something to them, or extrinsically motivated, which is you do it for your salary or a bonus or something like that. And that, you know, people can respond to that, but it doesn't have the same effect as what actually makes people interested. So from a leadership point of view, I think actually asking people what it is they're interested in and then trying to make that into manageable pieces of progress means that they they get momentum, they enjoy winning, and winning is addictive. They want yeah. to do more winning, and the whole thing just becomes great. So that's my first point, Brilliant. progress and small wins. Now, second point is habits. Habits. Now, uh, we talked about this, you know, with, with the – what it takes to win with Adrian Morehouse, the work, that kind of thing. But I was once very affected by this guy called Stephen Guise, who wrote a book about mini habits, I think it was called. And he had this thing in this book, which was, if you said to yourself, I'm just going to do one sit-up a day, most people go, well, I'm, you know, even I can do one sit-up, right? It's, a, it's laughable. It's just a stupid objective. It's actually not, because you do one sit-up because – everybody can and also well most people can and you 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 think I can't fail at that or whatever whatever the little goal is you make it so small it's impossible almost to fail yeah in doing it you say well tomorrow I'll do five or next day I'll do ten and so the thing begins so I think the repetitive nature of habits that are small in themselves, but they become much bigger uh, is, is very important. And I think you start to then, you know, build that muscle around it. So thinking as leaders, what habits can I put in place that I'll just keep doing them? And, you know, people will just recognize me for that and know that I'll always do that. It's like, because if you say, I'm always going to, as far as I can, I'm always going to be on time. Just be on time then every single yeah. time. Just it's so time. important, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's what I tried to develop with this pulling a positive idea. So yeah. it was, I set an alarm on my phone. I think it was in the second lockdown. So in the lead up to Tokyo, set an alarm on my phone every evening, seven o'clock. And, and it said, pull a positive. And I had to write down a positive from today. Yeah. Even when, even when it had been a really rubbish day, I had to mm -hmm. write down a positive. And I think 
making that a habit by setting an alarm, by making yourself do it, it's now in one of my easier things to go to, right? Find a positive first, then I can look at other stuff, but find that positive first. So absolutely, I agree with you. Habits, yeah. habits are habits. Small habits that are attractive because they're easy to achieve and then they become bigger. Um, third one, I suppose, celebrating wins. I think, I know, as I said earlier, there's, if you think about ha having a mindset of let me celebrate someone else, not even just the win. Maybe we've won a big contract. Great. Everyone's happy. You're having a glass of champagne. But let me celebrate somebody else. The, the whole concept of somebody feeling positively um, appreciated by somebody else has got yeah. a huge, uh, it's a huge lever for, for progress. Um, being supportive, recognising we know people are trying things. So again, it's that it's that growth mindset. But there's never a time I don't imagine, unless you're doing it every minute of every day, in which case it becomes a bit daft. But there's never a time when it's not the right thing to say. That's great. Thanks for that. You know, as, even if you're working on lots of multiple things at once, and you get a piece of work and you think there's something that needs to be done more with this. You know, just the habit of saying, "Brilliant, right, great start. Let's now let's look at the, you know." I, I don't mean it to sound in any way manipulative, but we just forget sometimes the the impact it can have on another person to feel that they are being appreciated. And I think that aura of building self-confidence, if that's not leadership, making somebody else more confident, I don't know what it is. Now, I'm not saying don't have any, you know, feedback or guidance or, you know, correction. And they are equally important, but it's this whole thing of making somebody believe they can be better. To me, that is leadership. Brilliant. Brilliant. So we're really talking about the, you know, the 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 value in recognizing small wins and celebrating success is about, you know, finding progress in whatever people are doing and, and looking for that consistency in habits. So can we develop habits where we're looking for these sorts of things and then celebrating the wins in whatever form they come. Mm -hmm. And even on the bad days, there will still be, something, be something that was a win. Um, yeah. So really, really important top tips. I do want to just celebrate a little small win, which I want to share with yeah. the listeners. So I got for Christmas um, some fridge mats. So these mats, right, they go in your salad drawer of your fridge. Yes. And they just sit there by themselves and they make all your food last longer. And if that's, not an example, do that? if that's not an example of a small win, Ruth Berry, then I don't know what is because How not only does that? my fridge look lovely, I'll send you a photo, Please the do. salad is lasting longer. So on that bombshell of a small win, um, that is a massive win to me, but I don't understand how a mat can make food go up. But that's a technology question. We don't need to go into it now. We've already overrun on this episode. I know. I know. So that, that unanswered question, Emma, which I will have to look into. But yes, that's the sort of thing that changes our lives. Yeah. So look for the small wins. And if anyone wants to know fridge mats, get in touch. Um, I'll show you the science. Anyway, thank you for listening to Fast and Curious. Next time, we're going to be looking at effective energy management. So how can we be aware of our own energy ball, I like to call it, and how we can influence 
how we use that with our choices. Um, and I guess the concept that Ruth mentioned in this podcast around is giving more always helpful or is sometimes it unhelpful. So we're going to be looking a bit more at that. And we have been getting questions in from some we listeners. So thank you. We've had some very good questions. Yeah, we have, haven't we? So please Not do friends. get in touch um, if you've got questions or, or ideas. Um, and remember, if you'd like us to come and talk to you or your organisation, uh, please reach out and, and get in touch. We would love to chat. But we shall say goodbye and uh, celebrate the small win of another episode in the bank and yeah. uh, look forward to chatting to you next time, Ruth, about energy and energy management. And I look forward to finding out more about how a mat can affect my salad. <laughs>